Welcome, everyone, to another week with your Hi Weimarger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss it is to do this program and to have you on together with us. I'd like to remind everyone the number to call up. Please call up. We look forward to getting your live questions and comments, and that number is 683-5858-718-683-5858. Nissen, what is the text number? Three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Excellent. So feel free to send us a text or a live caller with a question or a comment. We accept both. We definitely take both and excited for both. Rabnis, we wanted to first start with a little bit of a sad news that we are doing this program, Leila Nishmas. Chana Dvora Batsara. Chana Dvora Batsara. Ruach Shem Tenechana Began Eden. She left her... And do you want to share who she was or what relationship she is, only if you'd like to? She was... She's the mother of my son-in-law, and I would say that she passed away after many years of suffering. 51 years old. And unfortunately... Wow. And she left quite a few orphans, unfortunately. Well, so the schus should be Leil Nishmas, and to it should be a schus for the neshama, and to realize that we're all here, and to appreciate what we are here for. We're here to do mitzvahs and ma'asim and We're here. The important thing is, as you see, what it is that she's doing? A the mitzvahs that she's taking with her, and the family members. And this is what it is for us to be good parents, for us to be. Um, you know, good Eden for us to have that connection. That's that's what's important. Okay, and again, looking forward to people to call up, and the number is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and the number to send your text is three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. So what I am going to share, we did get a text message, and the message is as follows. Can you please address what is orthorexia? Is an accepted diagnosis, and how can it be treated? So I did a quick looking up, because I didn't know what it is, but not always do I know everything. And it's sort of what's coming up, what's popping up, is saying that it's while it's not di- an official diagnosis, it's something that's, that's coined. And what that is, is it's sort of like an anorexia. It is an eating disorder where people have specifically for nutritious food, and they're obsessed and they're thinking about it the entire time. That is exactly what it is. So they're fixated on healthy eating, but it's actually damaging their own well-being. So they might eat certain foods or too much of certain foods that's not really good for them. So that is that. So I really don't know that much about it. And um, this is the this is really what it is. It's sort of it's a type of eating disorder. Whatever whoever is calling about this is, just know it still is an eating disorder, and it still should be dealt with. It doesn't have its own name, so it's not like there is. Um, it's not like you need different names. Who cares what the detail is? So we can have anorexia. We can have bulimia. It doesn't matter. The main point is for us to for us to know that you can get better and just do it and just get better. 
Ravnissa, we haven't discussed an eating disorder in a while. Would you like to get into it? Uh, one second, I have to take some... Uh, okay. I, I think that's a very... You know, this is the, the eating disorder is huge. And we had so many uh, times to discuss it, you know, especially with the girls. And uh, I know that we spoke about it very often. I just want to say that this is big awareness to all the, to all of us, you know. Parents are starting seeing that the kids starting, uh, you know, picky on the food and stuff like this. And, you know, have to take uh, uh, to take it in seriously and uh, because it can be the, uh, really life-threatening uh, disease. I just, yes, I, I, and I, I it also has a lot point. to do with the social with society that we are creating, that we're pressuring people, that we're expecting them to be certain ways. So please, if you'd like, you can either call up or if we're looking forward to taking out some text questions, it's 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And what I'd like to share about eating disorders is as follows. Please do not be fooled by thinking, okay, it's small, it's no big deal. No, deal with it right away because the pressure or the responsibility that you're going to have to deal with after is going to be definitely a lot higher. For an example, not only will you now need to go to a therapist or have a therapist deal with it, it will even be more than that. What is going to happen is when you're dealing with it, you're dealing with a therapist for the person that has the eating disorder. You need a therapist guiding the parents because this is normal. You need um, a nutritionist that works together with the entire family, with the whole system, which you might be going to weekly and checking you out. There's also generally a medical doctor. There's a whole team involved. This, these, this gets being very expensive. And unfortunately, if someone has to start going into one of the treatments or centers, it's even more expensive. Oh, I don't even want to scare anyone the numbers. We're talking about like $10,000 a week for some of those places. So please, let us recognize the importance of getting better, the importance of facing our issues. That is, it is that important. Okay, we have a listeners on the, the response to next last week, so just uh, we'll pick Miss L. Go ahead, Mrs. L. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. So I wanted to say a very special thing that I did last week. The important mitzvah that I care about, keep it over aim, that was very special, and I want to say what I did. Thank you. Please. It happened a week ago, and it was on my birthday. And yeah. my mother called me up. She was all nervous about where my father was. She had to go to work. She was worried about the food in her oven, which wasn't closed. She was worried about my father, where he was, so many hours out of the house. So she called me up. She goes, could you go down to my house and go check this out? Because she was worried. How's she going to go to work? Maybe she didn't know what to do herself. So I said, okay, but I'm worried about my vacuum cleaner. That's supposed to come very soon from me, from, from delivery, I was worried at that end. So I said to her, okay, by a certain time, if, um, by, let's say, 3.30 in the afternoon, I'm going to run to your house, but then I have to go home right away because I cannot miss this, you know, delivery. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm not, besides the fact that I'm not exactly so strong on my feet, either to the fact that I picked myself up by 3.30, I went all the way there, it was altogether six avenues that I had to go, 
and I'm not exactly so great on the feet. But I said, yes, I'm going to check on to see what's going on there, to ease her burden and to see what's going on. So by the time I came to the house, my father was in the house. Wow. And he was in the door. And I gave my phone, my cell phone, to him. I want my mother was frantic because she was starting to turn back home. She was nervous that she would have to go home, but she started to go. She was, so I eased her pain, and I gave the phone to my father, which was my cell phone, and, you know, explained that she had a long way outside and a lot of trouble outside and all that. So not only I checked on him, but I took the food out of the oven. I helped them take out the garbage, and he wished me happy birthday, which was... And wow, I, happy birthday. Thank you. I think that I got a big chalak in Olam Haba for the fact that I took my feet, which aren't so strong, and to the fact, yes, I was waiting for my vacuum cleaner, which came a little later than I expected. But they were so happy that I cared about them, and I, they were both happy to know that, you know, everyone was safe and sound, so my mother went back to work. And... Uh, this is, I'm full of chesed, and I care about so many, and this is what I have to say. Excellent. So first, let's recognize what you've just said. Uh, even important... though, like I said, sometimes I feel bad for myself, you know, that I'm a, a, I'm a widow and I have so many difficult things, but the fact that I do so many great things and make so many people happy, it's very special. Exactly. And what I'd like to share is that many people don't realize but the ultimate chesed is with family members. Those are the hardest ones to do because it triggers us and it's painful. And when we can do that, it's powerful. I think that the fact that I did this ASAP, I think that the fact that I'm not exactly the, you know, so running on my feet, that I, I was after everything, and I, 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 I definitely have sense for what I did. Beautiful. So, I want first of all wish you a refuah shlema, and I would say yeah. in Yiddish you say mabruk for yeah. your birthday. Thank you for yeah. that. Okay. that. I got beautiful, I had a very happy, my kids took me out, and I got wonderful wishes and cakes and flowers, and so many people wished me all the happy birthday people with my name, and it was like very special, meaningful. I felt uplifted. And I had the co-op to bring Simcha to so many people. Even in my hardship, I bring Simcha through my song and through my, my they come to me from my, my physical. I just want everyone to know that I have here my very special daughter in the room with me. Her name is Rina, and she's listening in, and she's also telling you happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate yep. it. It's very sweet. And yep. you could have lots, lots of nachos. And mm-hmm. Mashiach was going to come from all what I do, from all this, even though I have trouble, but Mashiach is going to come from this. Amen. Thank you. And I enjoy it's... listening to your show, and, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. Now comes another text message that we got. Also, such painful messages. I wish that people would be confident or... Or I understand why they're not, but we had so many confident people that call up, and I wish they could call up and we can discuss this in detail. But the question is, can you please address parental alienation? Parental alienation means when children are alienating, means they are not connecting to parents, they're ignoring parents. And now they're sharing more information. 
how do you deal with a teenager who alienated, who was alienated from the parent who raised them, i.e. the mother divorced the mother, divorced parents. So how do you deal with it when the mother is, let's say, the child, the parents got divorced, the child is being raised by the father, and now the mother is, the father is alienating, means sort of is creating that there is a space that the children are not connecting to the mother, or sort of, let's say, bad-mouthing the mother, or other issues that are happening, and now the mother, this is a mother's life, and it's extremely painful for mothers to go through this. I don't want to get now into the right or wrong, because I don't want to get into that, but I've been involved in cases where sometimes where the mother went off the derech, the mother's not from, and the father's trying to prevent the children from seeing the mother because they felt it might have an effect on the child, or the other way around, where the father is not from anymore, and now the mother is saying, I don't want you to be around. Or a case where the father feels, let's say, the mother is a personality disorder and saying she has made my life so painful and she will confuse the children and she will badmouth me to the children or she might poison them in certain ways, in their subtle ways, or the other way around, where I was involved where the mothers felt the same way, where they felt the father's got a, a, a personality disorder. And I just want you to know it's very complicated, such questions, because a parent is still a parent. On the other hand, we still need to protect the children from the parent that might not be healthy. On the other hand, sometimes the parent that got the children might be more wealthy or might be more influential, and they're really the sick one and not the healthy one. It is so complicated, and the real issue is that many times, and I don't want to say most because I don't know most, but many times, the part of the issue that's going on is that the father and the mother have such animosity or have such pain between themselves then what happens is, what happens once, once there's such pain is that when we're dealing with the children, sometimes we're not realizing that this parent has a different relationship with the child than there was as a couple. And it's very different. So here the person is sending another message, no, the mother raised the kids all the years, as of now was taken against me at now, I am the sole custody, so I'm not sure exactly what this message is. If the person can please call up, I'm not sure. I just, you know what, this is something that's really, you know, we're talking about also, again, this is very painful. And I'm, I've said this to all uh, the listeners, you know, this all the, the parents, the divorce, unfortunately it's happened, you know. But, you know, you put the kids sometimes in the between, and the kids the kids become the, the, the a shield and the weapon against each other. I'm telling you, last week, two weeks ago, I spoke about it. I saw a father disconnect the thermostat from the house because he cannot stand the mother. And the kids are supposed to be, you know, shivering and cold because this father ate the mother somehow, you know. This is something that it's, I don't understand. It's it's your child. It's that parents... You do yourself a favor, you know, later it will come backfire on them. You know, this is what some, many times, you were using the yeah. kids as, as a, you know, as a, like shield or weapon against the other side. Yes, you have disagreement with you, with, with the ex. Put it aside. I'll share with you a story. Like, I just want to share with you how every story has got two sides. Yeah, definitely. So I'll share with you two, no, I'm sorry, I don't mean two sides. I meant even more two options. So listen, listen to this. There was a case that I was involved in where it was a very messy divorce, 
and the one father's and the mother was really coming up with Bill Bulim's stories against his father. And even after they got divorced, every two months she wouldn't give custody, she wouldn't hand over, and they would get the lawyers, and they would make stories, he did this, he did that. And some people gave him advice and told him as follows, listen, please let go of your daughter because you're just making it worse. She's getting anxiety, she's having trauma, your ex-wife is making up stories about you. Just let go. And he did. And he was hoping when she gets older, she will connect to him. And this guy has a beautiful, happy ending. Where, sure enough, the daughter had a very difficult time with the mother. And she heard such horrible things of him that what happens is she started slowly connecting him, and then she realized how healthy he is, and they have a wonderful connection. Happy ending. I'm involved in another story, or I was involved, where it's the other way, where the same story happened, where the father let go, because everyone told him, let go, your daughter will come back. And now not only is she not coming back, but she really believes he's such a horrible man when she almost has no memories of the interaction with him, and they have grandchildren. I mean, she's, this daughter's got many children, and she still won't get it. She still won't see him, and he's upset at all the people that told him to let go, because he said if he would have fought, at least he would have had something. She would have some positive memories with him. Then there is another case similar. I just want to show you all the different sides, where there's a very messy custody battle, and the kid is starting to have severe anxiety and fears, and both parents are refusing to stop the battles that's going on and then you know how it goes for those that do know what happens many times when there's an uncomfortable divorce going on. It's, I gave your mother certain clothing. Why isn't it in the backpack? Do I have to lay out the money if your mother doesn't give it back? Changing the clothing. I want a certain size yarmulke for the kids or couple. And then this one's doing it bigger. This one's doing it smaller. Your father, did your father dress like a guy? Or the father asked the, the daughter, let's say, or the son, did your mother dress like a guy? There's so much going on, but each one over there is... They're in their pain, and then the kids are getting hurt. So in each case, you'll have a story where someone has done something and it did work out in the long run, where someone has done something, it didn't work out in the long run. There's so much pain when it comes to parental alienation. And sometimes I understand it where someone's worried, will my kid be from or not? And then on the other, like if they will be in touch with a person that's not from. And part of it is, but that's their parent. And there's a balance that we could have that I still love someone. And, again, this is our all huge emotions. And then there are cases where they got too close to the parent, then they went off. Each one will have stories their way. So, yeah. So uh, the point is I just that, want, I, you know, Mordechai. Yes. I want to say this. First of all, that uh, I know that we keep texting each other, you know, between yeah. the, this person that right now. And I think that uh, maybe, maybe uh, either we don't understand or she doesn't understand what, what's right. going on. Right, and so please it's just really, send it it's, again, it's, but with now seven sentences, because you're sending us two sentences and we're getting different bits. So send the whole picture. It's okay if we don't get it also, because we're just creating awareness no, here. No, what, what I send you, the exa exactly what she basically Yeah, text. Okay. that's why I'm saying I'm asking her to send now the whole case over, yes. but with seven sentences, not two. Yes. So now, now what I want to say, I want to say like this: many times we don't see our back, and could yeah. be, could be this is really teenage, teenage normal behave that you know as a rebellion. It doesn't matter with if if it's divorced person, parent, single mother, single father. 
it could be that this is something that this is the case and uh, basically uh the 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 person the the parent the single parent that raised it expecting from the kid to be super duper kid in this situation because i am raised him you know this is what i am i'm entitled to get much more this but these are really thin thin normal teenagers that has the rebellions that this could be this is cases but I, i'm telling you there's something that maybe unfortunately we as a parents don't get it sometimes you yeah. get it you know we expecting from our kids to get uh uh to get to yeah. our everything you know i just i'm i'm uh <laughs> this this is something that uh i i don't understand it you know that's why why the parent don't look and, and this is the normal behave of a teenagers and uh this is something that i really really uh look you know i don't expect for my child to be exactly what i what i want you know even i sometimes have disappointing mom their behavior but if it doesn't matter if i have uh, next to me the my wife or i'm i'm a single parent unfortunately you know this is something that we have to accept it kids is yeah. kids teenagers teenage and uh, that's what what i think that uh, we have to accept and put it away that that you are single parent and could be that you have a beautiful relationship a relationship with the ex but whatever you do you have some kind of mishkaim you know some kind of uh, feeling for kids to the other side so take in consideration that's my my opinion what do you think Mordechai or Mordechai I hear you, my friend. I hear you. There's so much involved. Like, everything that you're saying is right, and I also see the other side, and then they think they are taking their kids into account. They're thinking, I know this man or this woman is so not healthy, they'll ruin my kid. I know of another case where the person says, they ruined my life, they ruined the older kids. Baruch Hashem, I have to help the kids. So every time my, my child, let's say, or the teenager doesn't want to speak to that mother or to that father because they're real. They speak on her. And instead of saying they're unhealthy and they need to change, they're still blaming their ex, like, oh, you alienated. No, we didn't alienate. Everyone's got an issue with you. You know, it, it's so complicated, all these situations. It really is. It really is. All I will say is just know, and I'm not saying a blanket case that this has to happen. Just know that it is important to have some form of connection with the parent. Blocking out someone isn't healthy. Teaching them or understanding that this parent is unhealthy, but you're still interacting a little. Or, like, sometimes they have in the court system something called supervised uh, supervision. I forgot now the exact term what it is. Uh, a supervised um, custody or something like that. I don't remember now, but where they want kids to have connections with the parent, even if the, kid, even if the parent is sometimes terrible. You worry the parent might be abusive, you worry the parent might be physical abusive, whatever that should be. But, so you have someone either designated from the courts or someone designated from the family that will be there in the room when the parents meet the children or the parent meets the child. Still a connection. So there might be, like, complete alienation is not healthy. If there could be a healthy person there or someone supervising it, it's still not the best. But there's some connection. It's important for parents and kids to be connected. I think that the, the, really something that we, we again, I just, I, I repeat ourselves so many times, it's good relationship between the, the two parents and even they have divorce and uh, or ugly divorce, the kids understand it. And I know many, many couples that divorce 
and 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 was so ugly that the kids don't want even to see one of the other parents you know and don't really appreciate nothing and it's come they suffer they suffer they suffer all their life all their life they suffer because it's like poison the the brain poison is oh he said she said what happened look this is what and then you go that's oh Unfortunately, we get involved in our community and our, you know, with, with, from J-Root, I never, I never thought I would be involved with this kind of cases. And I tell you, I, I, I tell you, last week, I, two weeks ago, this, I got involved with a person that he really cut the wires of the thermostat. And this is so wow. cruel, so cruel, so mean. And to, to tell the boys that his father, they don't love him and no more. No, this is something that I, I, I don't understand this. I call it me dad's dome, but... This is reality. This is something that's happened every day. That's right. Exactly. It does happen, and it's sad. And then these parents need to set more... Even having a connection with supervised visitation. That's the concept. It means, you know, so like you're saying, like a, a parent cut the electricity. I'm, I'm involved, which I'm not involved. Like I, but there are cases that wanted to come to me where a parent would say, I wish you would die. Yes. Like things like that. So, again, they're supervised visitation. So just because that's now that mother or father should never see their children, no, there's a supervisor there saying, we, you have a right to see your child, your child has a right to know you, but you need to behave. And if you don't behave, we will then, you will then lose that. Again, so there's a way that we're working it up because they need the connection. On the other hand, it's important for the supervisor to make sure the kid is safe. Remember, children are children. They have a right to be safe, to be protected by us. They have a right to know they're going to meet their mother or father, and someone is protecting them, not that they have to protect themselves. They're children. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's really something that uh, it's, uh, first of all, uh, let's run the numbers, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. It's your opportunity to get a good advice for your life from Reb Mordechai Weinberg and, uh, you know, and J. Ruth Radio. And the text number is 347-927-8398. I know I had, I had a case that uh, the parents the parent took the, key, uh, the kids to, to uh, you know, weekend and stuff. They exposed them to, to really unhealthy material. And the kids come with poison in his head. And it's very yeah. tough to, to take it off. Yeah, yes, that's right. Excellent. The number again to send your message, your text, or to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And looking forward over here to taking your questions and your comments. We are going to Mrs. H. Welcome to the program. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi, One second. One second. Hold on, hold on, please. Yeah, okay, now. Yeah. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm a long-time listener, former client. Um, yeah. Very interested in your program. I Thank very you. I when you spoke about the topic of divorce and second marriages. It's something, if I would be able to tell people, is a parent needs, a kid needs a parent. It doesn't matter if a parent is, is uh, crazy or for all kinds of excuses, a kid must have a relationship with a parent. 
you can see a vision of an accused of having a relationship, and a child that doesn't have a relationship with the parent. And it's very important. I went through a lot of different times and stages with my kids, and at the end result, it's definitely better that the kids are having Excellent. some... Now, let me ask you a question, because I so agree with your statement. That's why I started off that way. Would you say the same thing if the parent is very unhealthy and emotionally hurting the kids whenever they have them and poison them with how bad the parent is, the other one is, and how they're mean and they're taking them away and they're hurting them and now the kid is thinking about this the whole time? How would you, let, let's, let's, because uh, I, since I agree with you, how would you deal with something like that if that's what the parent is doing when they see the child? Okay. First of all, I believe that the parent, the healthy parent, that's what we therapy. And get guidance how to deal and be strong how to have a Wow, say that again. Please say that again. Because a healthy parent, when I say they go, why do I have to get advice? It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Great. Go ahead. Explain that again. Like I say, why do I have to pay for therapy if my ex is the problem one? First of all, because if the kids are going and there is a lot of pain from before, and even if the pain is left out before you remarry or after the divorce, there is still always ongoing issues or ongoing situations that can still trigger, especially when the kids come back and there can be different uh, uh, remarks or different even facial expressions. And it's very important for the mother or the healthy parent to stay healthy and to stay focused so they need to be in therapy or get guided or both. Wow. From this, so what do you say to this? Uh, I'm so yeah okay yeah what again I just I, I'm sorry I just was yeah you just say it again he's busy with the phones and everything can you go ahead and share that me yeah <laughs> just say it again just repeat it again I want to listen to hear it I want him to comment what you said is his value to be repeated again it is that powerful that it has value to be repeated again go ahead it is important for the for the parents to have a relationship with the, with the kids. And it's very important for the healthy parent to be in therapy and have guidance for both because the kids go and come to the unhealthy parent and the healthy parent can be triggered either from just words that the, the parent said or any facial expression that the kids who have repeat and it, it, it can be a trigger. Yeah, this is, I, I, you touched really the point, and I think not only with divorce parents, I know that uh, Mordechai has already did so many uh, workshops about it, that one side is an unhealthy, and just, and the healthy side is to take the parenting, the, the, the what do you call it, the group, the therapy group, to just to get to know how to get involved and to, to do this. It's very, very important, this uh, point that you did. Right now, that you raise it, it is, it's unbelievable because... And it's very important to have a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot of family that's what happens at the end of the day. Yeah. The, because, yeah. for example, if the father is not healthy and you have, let's say, uh, any symptoms coming up, let's say, about the and uh, the father wants to have... The, the, the father basically doesn't do too much because the father isn't healthy, but the father gets all the symptoms. Or like uh, taking the son or to the rabbit in the film or all these kind of things. Yeah. And it's very difficult because especially the healthy parents are doing everything, and the yeah. unhealthy parents is getting all the attention or credit yes. or whatever it is. Yes. But that that's the healthy way. That's the right way to do it. 
Exactly. And we have this many times, especially where it's the mother that feels this pain, where they need to raise the children, they need to deal with homeworks, they need to deal with all the day-to-day responsibilities, and then the father gets the kids sometimes, so let's say chalamite, because it's like we call it almost like the therapy, like between the, from people like the chalamite syndrome. And like this father gets to take him at the time off of school, because they don't have the kids that much, they take him, let's say, to Florida or to these trips, and then the father ends up being the great guy when the mother's the one that's tight with money, has to work, plus raise them all, and, and doesn't have such an opportunity to be the carefree mother. And the kids are even yeah. sometimes more respectful and more behaved members of the father because it's like they're again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's definitely healthy for the kids to have a Bingo. In the long run for your children, that's a sacrifice that you will do. Beautiful. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. There's really something that's uh, very important, you know, just uh, people don't realize that sometimes they just the short-term so-called solutions, short-term targets will be backfire on them uh, later on. And, and and you saw, I saw many, many couples that, you know, they raised, the she, she or he raised the kids up to, uh, the, the you know, the obligation age, they, they want to separate, and suddenly the kids disconnect themselves. Uh, from the, the the razor, let's put the razor, and found himself going to the other side. It's very important to understand that you cannot. I can ask something else for years ago. Somebody asked me why I'm with kids. So I said, um, imagine yourself, close your eyes, and imagine your parents are divorced, and I tell you, you kind of talk to your father. And she was like, um, she didn't want to listen to the entire question. She said, how should I said, don't say how should Think about how would you feel. Yes. 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 Definitely. Okay. Powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Excellent. And the number to call up with your questions or your comment is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Or you could send your text message to three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven. Nine two seven eight three nine eight, and again, just sharing. This is a very—I don't want to use the word controversial because it shouldn't be controversial. But there's a lot of emotions behind it, so just being aware of that. And we're not taking a side, although we're saying in healthy cases this is how it should be. But we, in each case, is a case by case basis. All right, let's go ahead and see a message that you just sent, Robinson. Thank you, first, ever so much for your 10-minute relaxation exercise in Section 7. We're using it on a daily basis. I use it when I come home from work, exhausted, and I feel so energized from it. My 10-year-old falls asleep with it nightly. Thanks, tons. Wow, what an honor and what a schuss it is to be able to do this. As we've shared in the past, I have started doing each Matzah Shabbos. I spend quite a while, about two hours, doing a 10-minute mindfulness relaxation. Sometimes it's a progressive relaxation. That's one of them where your whole body is relaxing, or like you tighten it up and then you loose it. There's another one feeling that you're at the beach, another one feeling calm. There is one just the sounding of a bell, noticing your breath. I've just done one Matzah Shabbos. I haven't put it on yet because I didn't have enough time to edit it. It's been very, very busy. But I did do the 10-minute relaxation. It's exactly 10 minutes. 
and almost all studies, we explained it in other programs how it works and why it's so important, and it helps OCD, depression, anxiety, and ADHD because it's practicing how to calm down the mind and how to be mindful and um, very, very clear, very strong. So that is for those that would like to get it. I was in the middle of speaking to the technician over here in Jerut, Aaron, to see what to do, how to get it out. And But right now, you can hear it on my phone line, which is 718-298-2011, 718-298-2011. And Section 7 is where we have this peacefulness um, section. So you can listen to it. Generally, these things cost a lot of money. I'm giving it all for free. You can hear it for free. They sometimes go between $20 and $100, especially if you want it in a from area. And Baruch Hashem, I am glad to be able to give this on the, on the phone. Great. This is really enjoying. Yeah. And really a good relaxation. So we go to the text. Thank you. Let's go ahead and take the next message. I have a mentor who really who I really like. I'm in contact with her all the time. She always replies to my text. She always, she, always re, she always replies to my text and my phone calls, and basically there for me all the time. I never had it before. It's the most soothing feeling ever. Recently she told me she thinks... We, okay, let's, let's not go here. Let's stop here, for example. Let me ask you, what type of a person would feel that they feel soothed that they have someone there for them? Do you know what type of a person that was? That is a type of person, and that is a type of person that generally did not get the love and the safety from their parents. For whatever reason, we're not attacking the parents, we're not saying the parents are bad, but there is a need that a person has to have. And that is that if I need my mommy or I need my tati, especially in the younger years, they're there for me. When I need that emotional security, I have them. Once we have that security, we know that they are there. Now we can start taking less of them. Just as think of a person. When you're starving, you need to eat. As your stomach starts getting fuller, you'll eat a little less. As you're full, you don't need to eat. And the next step is once you're full, now you start learning how to have other relationships. Like now you get married. Now you're able to have or friendship relationships. You don't need that. I need you there the whole time. The concept of I need you there the whole time is a parent-child relationship of getting that security. And children need it for many years where they know they have their parents. And that's why when their parents go away, sometimes they're a little afraid or they're concerned because they need the parents at that stage and they're getting them. But at the same time, they don't have them. And that's where you'd have a grandparent or a babysitter or an older sibling watch them. And they still speak to the parents. They feel the security you're there. You're watching. In case something is necessary, they can always come back or be there. You're protected. And you're starting to teach them how to be on their own. However, when you have adults, which is very common when you've got parents that are not there, that aren't emotionally there, they can give all the food and all the clothing, but they weren't emotionally there for you. You didn't have the security uh, when you went through difficulties to share with them. So now you don't have that emotional security. Even when they're there, you won't feel it. So what you're needing is emotional security. So now when you've got a mentor and someone that's there for you, oh, wow, I need it. The only difficult or part that, part that comes in is that since children need it for several years to develop it, sometimes people get very attached or if they're very needed, they might need a therapist or a mentor for many years. Again, sometimes people go, why is therapy taking so long? Very simple. In cases where they're in neglect from younger years, from the early childhood years, 
the effects, the damage will be that much longer, and it will take longer to heal. So now let's go ahead and continue. Recently she told me she thinks we need to start putting boundaries as it's affecting her life. So we decided I won't be texting her or she, me, when her kids are around. I was perfectly okay with that. But now she wants to put more boundaries, not because it's too much for her. Sorry, let me just read this. Not because it is too much for her. I'm sorry, just having a difficulty reading it, just getting all the pages. Well, this is a lot here. Not because it's too much for her, but because she's realizing it's affecting my life. And she wants me to be able to stand on my own without needing her so much. When she explained, I found myself really understanding it. It only makes sense to put boundaries for my sake. But somehow afterward, I feel lost. I'm really hating the idea. And I'm really scared. I find myself miserable places because I won't have her. Is there any advice what I could do? I feel like... I feel like I need her. Of course. And someone's just saying, yep, you're so right. I never got it from my parents. Exactly. So this is the person with that message. So I would be recommending that... Okay, so what I would be recommending is as follows. First of all, for someone with this pain or these levels of pain, what I would recommend is that you, number one, go to a DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapist, because that is what they do. They teach you how to have opposites at the same time. How do you connect to someone, but at the same time, how do you have your own need? How do you be on your own two feet? So what happens is when people don't have it and they finally get it, then they get too attached to someone. And instead of filling their need, they feel safe and protected when they're with someone, and then they can either choke the other person, or they forgot how to build their own emotions, which is what this person's feeling. So what happens is, many times these people will start going from therapist to therapist, and then get too attached because they haven't learned the skill of standing on their own. That is what dialectical behavioral therapy does. It gives you four levels of how to do it. Number one, how to do mindfulness, how to be mindful of them all, be mindful of your feelings. Number two, how to have relationships with people that are dialectic. Dialectic means opposites. Opposites means a parent is, is supposed to take care of the children. The opposite is the child also is supposed to take care of themselves. Dialectic is a parent takes care of a child. The opposite is that children also need to help the parents by cleaning up, by doing their homework. So there is an, always an opposite that is going on in the balance. Now, while you might have had a great mentor, what you're describing needs a skilled therapist in dialectical behavioral therapy. That is a recommendation that I would make very strongly. The number I'd like to share with everyone to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And please go ahead and share. Reverend, so what do you say about this concept about dialectic well? People, like, they need a mentor, but then they get too stuck because they haven't learned how to build it within themselves. Yeah, so it's like someone that will, let's say, go to a business coach, and the person gives you coaching, but now you're calling up every 10 minutes, should I do this, should I do that? You're not going out to a business coach. You're afraid to make your own decisions. You're missing the foundation of what the business coach is supposed to build on. According so what do you say to this? Ch chasing the tail, you know, basically That's chasing right. the tail. They're going the same cycle and uh, before... And looking for something, a love that you didn't have it, you know, instead start loving yourself and care about yourself, taking action about it. And this something is very important, you know, this, uh, and as you say, you can do it with a therapist uh, that's specialist on this issue. I think that a therapist knows exactly what the problem and she's working. So 
take yourself a, a good step and follow the step of this therapist and I think it will be out very quickly. I know yeah. that it's painful, but, uh, you know, many times it's painful to, to go uh, out, you know, and re rebuild yourself the right way, not to rebuild yourself on an other uh, wrong foundation. Yes. And one more time, I want to share the number, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. I'd like to share with you a message. I'll keep it confidential, but there is someone that is in the center, a client, and let's say they went, uh, they're divorced, they're Baksham, happily married, but they have a child with their ex. I don't want to say if it's a man or if it's a woman. I really want to keep everything confidential. But their ex really became very modern and questionable if they're Shemesh Shabbos or not. And that ex, of course, wants to have a connection with their kid. And this person was very brave, means they're on top of it. They let them have a connection when they were concerned. They brought it up with the ex, and it was difficult. And then there was a part where they had to let go, and they let the child have a connection with their parent, with that, you know, with the ex, because it was important. And the kid was being raised, and there were difficulties, and there were bumps. And then saying, "Why can't we do this?" Or it's not right that Archihila wants things this way. Why can't we do it that way? And some of that came from that parent's interaction, what they had with that unhealthy one. But yet they pulled through. And they worked it out with this kid. They sent the kid a little bit to therapy. They had Rebbeim or teachers that would speak to the kid and explain the things. And this kid grew up healthy. And that's a proud, brave parent. So I know they're listening because they just sent me a message. Yes, you've taken the hardest path, but you've taken a brave path. And your kid is now solid in the Hashkafa because you're able to have them be exposed to the other side, but still be clear why we do certain things and they have the love, and they have the connection with their parent, and they do that. And you're not naive in any which way, saying, oh, maybe that person's healthy. No, that person's got their issues. But a kid still needs their parents. So I appreciate that you were able to do that, but, but you also worked on yourself a lot to make sure your emotions aren't involved. Every time there was a setback, you had to invest in yourself. You paid for therapy. As that caller said, the healthy parent needs to go for therapy so this way their kid could have a healthy connection and go through that pain. We are going to Mrs. E. Welcome to the program. Yes, hi. Thank you so much for your program. It's our I, pleasure. I have a question. I'm not sure. Maybe it's kind of... But um, letting a kid cry it out to teach them to sleep, can that have a long-term emotional effect on a child? I'm sorry. Can you say the question one more time? Yeah. There's this method of letting a kid cry it out to teach them to sleep at, sleep through the night. Sure. It's called a normal, it's called normalcy. It depends which age, but it's called normalcy. It is? Of course. You have to let a, just, a kid just cry and cry? Well, there's a process in how you do it, but yeah, kids will need to cry in order for them to sure. Let me ask you a question. Is it normal to get make a person work hard if they want money? I mean, isn't that sad? You're making them work sometimes 30, 40 hours a week, and sometimes if they want more money, they've got to work 60 hours a week. Isn't that cruel? Yeah, but you, you, when, you know, when you take care of a child, and, and, and sometimes they have to cry, but here you're just ignoring the kid. Cry. Oh, notice, yeah, notice no, having to... Oh, no, no, let's stop a second. Let's, uh, let's stop a second. First of all, I just got a message from someone saying, well, you definitely could tell this caller didn't take your parenting workshop. Absolutely correct. <laughs> Because this question is completely off, like it's so one-sided, lopsided, that I'm just first addressing the concept. 
The concept is absolutely we need to be comfortable in allowing children to cry. But, here's the but, there needs to be the security and the safety that they know that you're there. They need to know the safety. You need to be calm and relaxed when they're crying. That's for the greater good. You need to make sure that you give them the emotional connection at the other time. So in the parenting workshop, we go through that. So when you're just saying, is it normal to let a kid cry? Absolutely. Kids need to cry. Means just like us adults, we want things, but we don't want to work for it. Then you've got two options. Either you work for it and you have it, and you'll cry or it'll be hard because you're working for it. I'm or not, you I will cry. I'm asking to let them cry it out. Just whoop out of there's this method of just whooping out and let them cry. Is so, that, uh, let me understand. When you say there is a method and what you heard from other people, I don't do well with secondhand or tenth hand stuff. So I can't, you can't ask me about a method that we don't even have the name. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know if you read the method or if you heard from someone that does the method. Or you heard someone that told you this. I someone that does the method. Okay. So, so ask them. Or ask them, people that have a success story. By us, we do allow children to cry in our method, but our method is done with a system to the method. We tell the child, you'll be staying in bed. We tell the child, you know you're going to be crying. I know it's harder on you, and that's okay. Know that I love you. We'll have a towel and a toy with you. There's a process. We don't take it out. Well, of course, not when the kid is nursing or the kid needs a bottle. Okay, so that's why I'm asking for that stage. They say say that you could do it to then also. What, when a kid is supposed to be weeks, eating? When a kid is six weeks old, then they don't have to eat during the night. So just let them cry it out until they learn. Um, I asked a medical eat. doctor. This is, I, I can't have, I don't even want to say, because I don't know who people uh. are, and then people say I said things about people. I would, before anyone says that, before you tell a six-week-old baby to sleep, that you expect them to sleep seven hours when they're supposed to wake up every two hours, every three hours for food, um, that's medically, that's your job. If you're not able to do it, then don't become a parent at that stage. You know, or, or hire a nurse or hire someone to do that. Or go to the AIM, you know, they have all these Kimpaturn houses where the mothers are going to stay there for about six months till your baby is old enough and they'll take care of what you need. There are legal issues of neglect. Like, you're, like if you report this to someone that's not taking care of your baby, you might have the ability of having child services show up at your door. Saying we're talking about now neglecting a child at an age where they need to get food. It's like saying what, uh, babies at that age will make in their diapers. It is not good for their body to be in a diaper for five hours, a dirty diaper. It's, it's borderline on neglect. Mm-hmm. So, Remnissa, mm-hmm. what do you say? I, I haven't had a six-week-old baby in about three years. My youngest is about three or just turning four. But at six, from what I understand... I'm not talking about... I'm not asking... I had a six-week baby. My point is Didn't that you just tell me from six no, weeks old this lady say, says you can this, let the this, baby this, cry? This, see, I saw, I, I've seen it in books also that they say from six weeks old. I'm not asking because of a six-week-old baby. I'm not talking about a six-week-old baby. I'm Why not? Asking. But that's what you are. You just said from six weeks old. That means that they are right, saying from a six-week-old baby you can do that. I think this might be borderline on neglect, okay. on legal neglect. Okay. I would contact a medical doctor and find out our... Can a baby, does a baby need to get food every two hours at six weeks old? And if the answer is yes, this is called neglect. This is illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I just want, want to say, now, that yes. again, again, we're talking about, uh, so right now... Six-week-old baby. Six, oh, we're not talking about a year and a half no, old okay, so no, I'm asking in general. No, no, I'm you can't do that. No. Okay, I want to ask you the similar question. Is Shabbos a good thing to have? 
Wait, no, answer my question. I want no, to show you what like you just did is very poisonous. I feel like you're no. thinking of a little bit more than I asked. No, you, no, you're not. You asked a general question. I asked a general asked. question. Oh, um, whatever. So, okay, so watch. Let me give the same answer. Are you allowed? I feel attacked. I feel you just changed your question. You did an opposite. My answer would be exact opposite. I feel you're flip-flopping. You just flip-flopped, and you're not even allowing me to be, to be hurt by that. You ask me a question on one subject, and then you say I'm talking about something exactly the opposite. It's like saying, I want to give you what you just did. You just asked me, isn't Shabbos important, and isn't Shabbos important to do? I said, absolutely. And then you go, okay, but if I want to do Shabbos on Tuesday, so you're saying it's important? I go, no, 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 on Tuesday, that's not Shabbos. You go, why are you changing your opinion? You just told me it's good. You asked me, are you allowed to let a six-week-old baby, I asked you, give me the age. You said a six-week, this person says a six-week-old baby. You're allowed to let them cry themselves to sleep and to cry for the night. Okay, so and, that wasn't clear. First I, okay. asked, I mean, first I asked if it's if to let a kid cry it out, any age. You then said, I said it depends so the said, age. So, right, so then you started telling me that if you explain to the kid, then it makes a difference. I yeah. said, from how old? You have to be able to explain it to the kid. So I said, I've seen it and I've heard it, but from six weeks old, that's what they say. That, that, now let's that's stop. So whoever going. says it's from six weeks old, what I am saying is, I think, is borderline on neglect. We need to find out from a doctor, okay. but it's pretty okay. sure that you, might, that you might need to call, like, child services on a parent like that. Uh-huh. Or at least educate them. Your the job is, is to make sure... I've, I've, I've spoken with someone about this message, and then I've heard from a parenting thing that, that it can have a long-term emotional effect. I just wanted to hear it from... Uh, professional standpoint, but you're saying So that, when the baby is I'm not old about enough... A old. I'm talking about an older baby. My baby's older. But, so um, now change. Give me a time. Don't talk theoretical because we seems to be different pages. Give me an exact age and then I can give you an opinion. 15 months old. 15 month old, yes. Now there is a way to do old. it. Yes, it is normal and you're allowed to let your 13 month old do it, but there is a process how to do it. Yes, but it's still normal for them to cry and it's okay for them to cry and to sleep through the night. Again... Here's where my waiver comes. It also depends the type of child. Remote uh, high. Yes. Yeah, I just I mean, want to. There's jump a up. more sensitive kid. Yes. There are kids that you might feel that they're they're sick. What about a time that they're sick? There's always the yotzim in a class. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But I, yes, I'm at sure, that point, yeah. yeah parenting thing that at any stage that it, 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 it that it that it puts the kid into a, a place of yish and they and okay so like, someone no, just sent two people sent messages so two people sent messages like follows I know the system I do the system and one says we're talking about minimum three months and another one says we're talking about a much older system so please tell this woman before she says six weeks of different things it's we're talking about all, and another one just sent a message saying no this is talking about when they talk about it is when the kid is not eating food anymore. So does not need to be getting that. So, yeah, so there's a lot of people sharing. So let's be clear. If the child is at the age where they are supposed to be getting food, that's part of our job to wake up those times. And that's yeah, where sometimes yeah. men might not like it. But it's part of our job to help our wives if they're tired. So we do one of their feedings if we can. Or we help change a diaper one of those times. There's a lot we need to do. And, yes, every person can I know that's got kids will have this time that we're exhausting. You're falling off your feet. And those that have got twins know double what it is. The feeding at night, the, this time they're sick. Both of them are sick. The day, the night is hard. Yeah, that's part of it. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry if I did it too much, too tough, but you need to also be aware that when it's a public forum, my words 
many times are taken out of context, and people go, yeah, that's just what you said. No, that's not what I said. So I want to be clear. When it's the age where children are able to, where they don't need to eat, that is a time that you could consider that. I personally, my personal opinion is not to like that, and that's part of what it means to be a parent, but it's okay. I'm not going to go into that. Once the child doesn't need it, the child gets their needs, um, I'll let each one say their own. I, I, I don't get into that. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much. Mordechai. Yes, sure. I tell you that <laughs> this is something that's very... Uh, it's, it's like if when you take your, your, your child to a, what they call to a nursery or something, you know, to baby care, a babysitter, uh, is it crying? You have to be assertive. Sometimes these kids, you know, have to be a certain age, you know, even even in a year old. Be assertive that you have to... Now we're, yeah, good. Now we're going to read all those messages yeah, that we're getting. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot this of... This woman here, now listen to a woman that's agreeing with you. So I'm not getting involved in this now because... Oh, anyhow, to this woman who was training the baby to sleep at night, my first baby was up all night and I decided I just had to figure out a way, uh, figure out a way by my second baby... I nurse my baby every two hours, by day, no matter what, and and by two weeks old, she slept eight hours at night. The system Whoa. worked for my third and fourth babies as well. I let's say I, I nurse my babies every two hours on the clock, no matter how hard it was with the juggling. Everything else worked. My third and fourth baby actually slept ten hours at night. Well, she's by, lucky. Yeah, by four weeks old, I asked my pediatrician doctor, and he said as long as the baby's gaining weight and baby seems happy, it's okay. Fantastic, exactly. I could definitely think of certain nights that me and my wife were probably too exhausted, and next, next thing we know, we heard that the baby, like, the wow, it was six hours that the baby slept. Either the baby did sleep, or we both were exhausted, we didn't hear it. You'll have it at times. But to say, Yeshita, that the kids, you're not, and you're allowing them at an age when certain kids need it, like this woman is saying, wonderful, she, this is her trick. But what happens if the kids would wake up at night hungry? Or what happens if that the pediatrician that the baby is not gaining weight because some kids need to eat at night to gain weight at ages? Like, each case mm. is case by case. Yeah, but to say a child that needs to, at 13 or 14 or 15 months, of course you can allow them to cry at night, but there's a way how. You put them in the crib with love. You're putting them in crib with, I'm here for you. You're speaking to them earlier. Here's your doll. Here's this. Yes, and it will take about a week of them crying. And there is a system how you do it, not just you're crying. There's a system, there's a system where you could come in and yeah, think, yeah. Shafel, I'm here for you, but you need to stay in the crib. Go to sleep now. There's a process on how to do it, to be strong, to be clear. I once heard from a great psychologist on the complete opposite saying, you want to know how to mess up your kids? Let me share with you a secret how to guarantee your kids will be messed up psychologically for life. And goes as follows. Put them into sleep. Let them cry for like 45 minutes, and just when they stop crying, now go in and say, I feel so bad that you're sleeping, <laughs> and take them out of the crib. Yeah. And, then about, and then about a half hour later, when you put them in, they're crying, no, 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 oh, you don't want to go? Fine, don't go. Then you keep them up another half hour, so now you're nervous. You put them in the crib, and you yell at them. And then they're crying and crying and crying, and just as they fall asleep, you go and you go, Shafel, I feel so bad that I made you feel bad that I put you in crying. Let me take you out. Come sleep in my bed tonight. He said, if you do that for about four or five nights, I guarantee you, you have a spoiled kid that will complain that whatever you do will never be happy, will not sleep at night, and will kvetch every step of the way. So I liked it, and we were all laughing when we heard that. So the goal is we need to set boundaries. 
We need to have children cry because otherwise kids get used to it. It's a behaviorally trained where we train kids to get up, and we follow patterns that we do that. But we can also train them how to sleep through the night. We can train them how they're allowed to cry, but they realize that they, they will, we train the brain to sleep, but they know there's love and safety and security, and that's what's important. So if you ask me about a 12, 13-month-old, 13 of course it's important. Mm. Yes, from okay. 13, of course, but again, you're doing it with love. When, you're, when they're mm-hmm. up, they're, you're there with them. You're not ignoring them. You're not busy with your friends and leaving them with the babysitters all day. Again, there's nothing wrong with babysitters, but when you're with them, are you present with them? How many times we had that last question that we were reading of this person that they have a best friend and a mentor and it's too needy because they didn't get their parents. I'm guaranteed they're alive today. Their parents gave them food. Their parents gave them clothing, but they didn't get the emotional connection. Emotions are what children need. Right. I guess it also depends on the parent. So the parent is okay with letting them cry. Yeah, so here's actually something else that this person that said about the kids that slept at 10 hours said, I have to add that even though my baby slept on their own through the night, the doctor said that in a 24-hour period, the baby needs a certain amount of food, and if they get that food by day, then it's okay. So here you see that we're adding on more and more information to it. Right. It's not just about letting a, a, a six-week-old or a three-month-old. There's a system. That's why I'm saying when people ask me questions, this system did it. No. Uh, I, I, wa- I want to tell you, this, this, this lady has either, either she has like, uh, um, you know, I know that a lot of ladies nursing and the, mil- the milk can- is not enough. So they have to add an extra, an extra. And sometimes it's, you know, you have to build, rebuild the, the need, uh, the, you know, the milk and a chest. So it's not so simple. I would read, you know, it's so, it's so uh, easy uh, to to read the text, but uh, I know that you know I have. I have, Bingo, I have that's exactly Hashem, my I have, issue. I have people are calling kids. up about workshops, about training. Uh, we don't kids. hear everything. The amount of times that I am misquoted is off the charts, uh, and I almost stopped, you know, responding or clarifying. But it's just disappointing. I feel it's not right to mention a system without actually having that, like I would love to have that expert on the phone and clarifying what she says, and I'm sure it will make sense. I, I, want to, I, I have many kids, and Baruch Hashem, I have many grandchildren, and each grandchild, and each kid, it's a different personality, different needs. You know, my daughter has a, a baby that's crying a lot, and my other daughter gave a boy that's all, uh, already smiling and jumping all over. So this is an, in the same situation, you know, trying to feed them, trying to do the same, and it's, unfortunately, each one is different. It's, you cannot tell you this, this is the system, but this is not spartanic uh, society. You know, if the kid doesn't raise his head, he's going out of the gate. It doesn't seem like, you know, I, again, right. Hashem, you know, we have all kids about them. Maybe exactly. this so let's go ahead and take your question about a 13-month-old. That's very safe to say yes. The kid can cry at night get them the bottle that they have next to them or whatever it is that you, you're giving them at that age. Some will want to pacify, whatever it is. Give them their stuff, give them their love, and yes, they're allowed to cry again. And sometimes you can have a kid that might need more emotional love. So it's all your choices on the parenting. What I would recommend is please don't take your kid in your bed. That's not necessary. Yes. Okay, thank you so much. You're we'll welcome. Go. So we'll does go. it sound better now? Yes, definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, good night. Good night. Sure, have a wonderful evening.
we go to uh, Mrs. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay, Mrs. R. Yeah, Mrs. R. Hold on one second. Yeah, Mrs. R. Mrs. R. Hello. Welcome. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Hi. You just like it was a very nice, um, interesting um, topic. Actually, important for young mothers to hear. But you like knocked her off before she finished her question. Her question, her main question was, does it have a long-term effect on the child? So that let me. Okay, I know so, you okay. answered in the end, but that was really her no. Question. I know, but we went into the argument of the six months. No, six no, weeks, no. So. Okay, fine. Let me finish. So let you know. Let me mirror your question and tell me if you got it right, and then maybe you can mirror my point of view, and you can hear what happens when we do things on air. So watch this. You're saying that the, she was really calling about an adult, and she mentioned something, and I was answering. We got into a whole disagreement about that something instead of really answering her question. No, I didn't say Correct? that. You answered her question, but. She was in the middle of saying, I want to know, does it have a long-term emotional effect? I was wondering if you heard that. Yes, I did hear that. What okay, I also heard is when I asked the age, and I heard from six weeks on, that is where we need to create an awareness, because what happens is when someone says from six weeks on, on a Mordechai Weimarger with Rebnissen program, and I don't stop mm-hmm. it, how it takes is this concept in the Gemara of shtika kaida. If you're quiet, it means you agree. The next thing you're going to hear is from several thousand right. people all over the world. Mordechai Weimarger has just said, <laughs> six weeks old is... I, I need you to understand, yeah, whoever's true. listening, you don't know what happens in our lives. That's the life of being public. So I need to stop something that can have even legal ramifications, because six-week-old babies need to be fed at those times. Again, certain children are different. So that's why I need to stop something that's borderline on neglect, before we go further. And that's where we're getting into that, where it wasn't clear. After that, then we we address it. That's right. So I appreciate you even bringing it up, because the amount of times that I get called, that I said something, when I didn't say it, the caller said it, I disagreed with them, because it was on my program, and even though I disagreed, it was I get called, and Mordechai Weimarger has said this. Oh, well. Well, so, yes, so when you're, thank you. yes, you're welcome. Thank you for clarifying. And that's what okay. happens when you're in the public light. People do not realize the messages, the comments, the opinions, where I can get from many, many different people things I've never said. And that I then sense. need to explain myself to that. So that's why what I've learned is I need to, when something is borderline of not healthy, I need to stop that, focus on that priority. That's like crisis intervention. And then we go to the higher levels. And that's partially why I also got more animated because I'm concerned that not feeding a six-month-old baby, like, okay, now I expect them to sleep seven or eight hours, and they're a six-month-old, uh, sorry, six-week-old baby is dangerous. And borderline yeah, like... There's, there's a lot of sleeping, different sleeping methods I know that are out there, but it's with compassion and there's a whole system and... Bingo, yeah, and not, exactly, exactly, not just saying six-week-old baby. Remember, six-week-old. Right, exactly. They're, they're, they're barely even, they're just moving their head right and left. They're, they're just about <laughs> seeing, the eyes start seeing at four weeks old, you know, just to realize, like, what's happening. We're not talking about six months old, where they're already lifting their necks and all that. We're talking about six weeks old. Yeah. And, and, when, and we're, yeah, and when we're so worried about us sleeping and not realizing our goal is here for the kid. And each kid, what they need, and if someone hears it on my program, it's, I, I, I'm scared to think that if someone with Hashem start doing that to a child that might need it, or if the parents aren't giving enough food, or the parents aren't around, they're just waiting to ready. When do we have the kids sleep six hours, eight hours? On the other hand, on the other hand, mothers who need support, it's a dream of a 
like a group Please where people... Please say that again. Say that again. You know, Please say that again. We deprive zombies walking around. Some kids might That's right. Until say that again. And, you know. Yes. Yes. I agree. Fathers get involved. I, mean, exactly. I agree. No, you got father get up at night and give the bottles. That's right. You know, I replace, agree with you. Fathers get up at diaper. night. Fathers come home earlier. Yes, fathers, yeah. when you, if you have your Sundays off, do that. If you're in coil and you've got those two hours off, yes, pick up your kid. Take your kid in the morning. Yes, go ahead. Do an extra car shift, an extra or whatever is needed. Yes, you replace are right. diaper. What is it? Yes. <laughs> you know, That's right, you... diaper. And, and those of you that are giving bottles, father, take a bottle. Take a feeding at night. Yes. And you're supposed to be exhausted, fathers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recently had a question that was very embarrassing, but I can remember that which was someone was saying they went to the therapist, and they noticed the therapist like almost falling asleep on them. But it happened once before. What's my opinion? So I said, a therapist is supposed to be alert, awake. It's in the ethics. It's when we work. We're supposed to be able to do our job. And if not, we need to own it. And we need to say sorry or, or whatever it should be. But I said, the reason why I'm a bit embarrassed is I could think of maybe in my history, maybe twice I was that tired. One of them was after I had a baby. I, like one of the kids were up for a couple of nights and whatever was was sick or whatever was, I just remember being so tired, like in the middle of a client, like my eyes were closing, I really apologize after, wow. I understand, and that, but it's embarrassing, like how many people that are fathers, that at times at work, you just had to put your head down, like you just couldn't, I have one of, a good friend of mine that had twins, he says, and the twins had chicken poxes, it was like 10 days of just like no one sleeping, exhausted, he says, and like he'll tell me in clothes, and then I was I I couldn't function in clothes. Because I asked one of the clothing like, "What do you do?" He says, "What do you mean?" Like everyone else, you put your head down during the whole benas darim, and you try to sleep, and then you put your head down for ten minutes, and you're like, "Yeah, you're exhausted." So yeah, fathers this, get involved. Only for this and the pastors. That's right. Fathers get yeah. involved. You're right. You are a hundred percent correct. Mothers mm -hmm. are humans. Mothers can't do everything. Fathers get involved. That's it. That's why the restaurant gave you. two parents. Thank you very much. You know, you know, Thank you. Uh, yes. I, you know, with the twins, and I, yes. I, had, I had four babies, one in the, and it was really, really tough. Oh, you, you had know. two sets of twins, Rabnissa? <laughs> what? No, I have the twins, and then I have a, a year before a girl, and a two years ago another girl, so it's just like uh, unbelievable. Wow, yeah, like wife, in three we years, we oh, was like three a zombie. Years, four kids, can I know? Yeah, like a zombie, you know, believe me, just like, yes. and, uh, you know, sometimes you drive, and your eyes, you, you know, when you're standing in a traffic light, you know, the eyes just go, and it's just scary. Yes, yes. <laughs> but Baruch Hashem, we pass it, and that's it. We are uh, Baruch Hashem. Okay, we will go to a miss, another Mrs. R. Okay, yeah. Mrs. R. Hello. Welcome. Yes, hello. Hi, Mordechai. First and foremost, I've actually called in before, and I want to oh. say, number one, that I've read both your books, and they're phenomenal. Thank you. And uh, it's amazing because, uh, I, like, before, I always, I, I basically thought basically part of the book was going to be relating to philosophically uh, or zodiac signs and so forth, but, you know, the air, the, you know, whatever. But when I read it, I realized, and it really, going back into one of the questions that someone called in earlier about divorce, because my mother's an earth sign, and I'm a fire, I'm a Leo. Yeah. So I realized that she's very fastidious. Uh, she's 82 years old now, God bless her. And I realized that I always tried to change her. I wanted her to be this way, that way. And it's amazing how I started to see only her phenomenal characteristics in me, though, and, like, all the good in her, because she has amazingly incredible. She's brilliant in so many ways. And she's also abolished, became a volunteer in her late 50s. So, Kala Kavot. Wow, so, Kala Kavot, so nice. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that, you know, uh, 
my parents, I wanted to say someone called in the two calls before, and I listened to you religiously. I listened to Nisam. I think he's amazing, too. I love his war stories from Israel and how he became Balachuva. I cry sometimes when I listen to his stories. So I just want to say, as a Balachuva, I've been basically almost 20 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah, my dad passed away six years ago. I'm the only girl. I have three brothers. I've called before about family things, and you've given me some phenomenal strategies. I've had therapy for a long time. And I've done uh, a lot of Amuna learning, and I have. I've done therapy. I've done many things in my life, and I'm all in my late fifties now, divorced, no children. But I want to say something amazing. This woman called up, and I want her to share with the whole world that divorce is difficult. My parents were. Tw- I was 20 years old. My parents got divorced, um, and unfortunately, the mother. When the mother goes against the father and so forth, and many things, it took me years established a good relationship with my father because I was on the, not voluntarily, I was on the mother's side because obviously I was the only girl and, you know, she she was, she was couldn't really maybe deal with the situation because they were both young when they got married. To make a long story short, I want to say to people that you have to do your own inner work in this world. You, talk, you know, not only when it comes to Yiddishkeit, when it comes to, you know, now I want to say a Kiddush Hashem that you guys, what you're doing on this line to me, it's incredible because years ago, it was such a stigma for, you know, Yiddishkeit, Judaism, and people, religious Jews, to call in and talk about health issues, mental health, mental health. What I've learned, I'm also a cancer survivor, I've learned integrative medicine in this world. There's no shame. Everyone, no matter how brilliant and amazingly intelligent, you even talk about you doing mindfulness meditation. I do it as well talk about we need to work on our inner soul to be a full person. So what's my point here? That those people out here have to realize that even when your parents get divorced, we go through a lot. I'm a divorced child. I'm also a divorced adult. But guess what? There's a world out there that you could be happy, but you have to admit and take responsibility. If anything, I learned in therapy. So people that call into you, and sometimes I see that people are, like, trying to get answers in one little thing, and it's an awareness. I want to say kalakavot to you, and kalakavot to all the people. But Hashem created all of us imperfect. It's such a beautiful thing about Yiddishkeit and what's going on in the world, that we are survivors, and every all of you. Amuna, Thank you. whatever you need, even if it means taking drugs, you know, not drugs, you know, to help you personality, whatever it is, but we we have to work at it. It's Trabaha in Spanish, we say, and in Hebrew, Avadar. People don't think that it's just going to magically come. It's work on a daily basis. So thank yeah. you. I wanted to... Thank you. Thank you. And I'll tell you, I just want to... we got to go. So yes. I want to thank you for your comments, so important, and you give me chizuk with your call. I'm sure you give Reb Nissen tremendous amount of chizuk. And he's got, as you said, such a... Yes, excellent. I just want to go back to the concept, because we've just gotten several messages from those with the babies. Well, I'm with the, just going back to that message, so thank you. And the message was like this. I was misadvised to let my baby sleep through the night and actually ended up being underweight. I really should have even woken him up to feed him. Some babies don't wake up on their own and need to be encouraged to eat in order to gain proper nutrition. So thank you for sending um, that message. And then there's another person sent a beautiful message about how their husband helped. My husband woke up once at night to give the bottle. It really helped my postpartum depression and getting out of that. So thank you, and Nissen. 
I appreciate this program once again. I think we appreciate you, Mordechai, and really, it's really amazing to see the, how much awareness we, we're doing it. You're doing, we're doing, Jerut uh, and Bezat uh, Hashem. And yeah. by the way, I, I just want to ask uh, the, uh, some people, you know, if... if yes, you thank are, you. I forgot, okay. to, we forgot to mention okay, that. I remember so, you asked for two okay. things, yes. Okay, so if you can ask the, for me... So, Jerut is looking for someone that has time, that they would like to volunteer their time. That has, has experience, you know, and administration, you know, all this kind of stuff. We are really looking for somebody that's retired, you know, as... That's time. right. Someone that would like to give a couple of hours a week, maybe at best is a couple of hours a day with, admini- with administration, helping out stuff, organizing stuff, shows, programs, speaking to people, answering certain calls or questions. J-Root is working on a deficit of thousands of dollars. There is no money being made. Everything is coming from Nissan's pocket on every single level. All he's asking is everyone is benefiting so much. If we can please volunteer, those that would like to volunteer. And you know, right now a lot of uh, I know that we have a lot of to volunteer or to text. We have a lot of retired people that listen to us and enjoy us, and I think they can contribute for them and for us. Yeah, they would also benefit a lot. It's benefit, and it's I think it's uh, it's unbelievable. But really, we want to uh, to see what uh, what is the story, you know. So what is the number that they can call? Uh, they can text us 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398, and leave us a message, leave us a text, and we can call you back. Something very, very important. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hatzlach, everyone. Have a good night. Good night, and thank you very much for Mordechai.